0: i recently had the pleasure of attending a dvla uh workshop which is a place down the road from where i live and in the uk at least if you uh ride off a vehicle there are different categories uh of of destruction so if you have a cat uh a well that's just just d- destroyed beyond belief that's either incinerated or eviscerated or just completely dismantled and fractured beyond even recognition um so there's no hope of you um re- resurrecting your vehicle if, if if it's a cat a a cat b is a hefty amount of damage a sort of considerable amount of damage has, has happened but it allows you to give it a category b which kind of stands for braking or breaker because there's certain parts of the car there's there's parts of the car which uh can be used so they they can be used for scrap um and you could remove the bumper of the front because obviously you've smashed the back say um and you can break the car and you can use pieces of the car it was a very cool experience because i am all over uh, regeneration and it's going to suppress the need for buying it's going to suppress the need for having to go out there and replace and replenish and throw away because if you go to the source and you are able to uh, break a thing off a car or a second hand item that you need then there's going to be a domino effect of that because Eurocar car parts or halfords or whoever the uh, vehicle manufacturer is is going to receive one less order because you've broken it off a car that would have been scrapped and if enough people started to do that then there would be no need for these companies to exist eventually theoretically i mean there's always going to be a need for them but their their size of their operation and the amount that they're producing which is in turn um having a detrimental effect on the environment and as it would appear, human beings economically, uh, then that's a really cool thing. So uh, you can you so I anyway, I diverge. So that's cat B. Cat a and Cat B is not gonna be driving those vehicles again, but with cat C that's considered the better side of a vehicle that's gone through some bad damage. So cat C's have the ability to be put back on the road and used again albeit um it's been through some sort of damage it's certainly not uh the car that it was when it left the factory and it's basically um just about able to be put back on the road and believe you me that would have taken a lot of love time and money to get it to that stage cat d now is almost you could say light damage so these are cars that have taken a sort of small hit on the side or the back and for god knows what confusing myriad of economic reasons companies decide to write those cars off so the insurance company will give you a chunk of money and say it's just cheaper for us to give you this chunk of money and they're going to write a pretty substantial freaking check instead of sending that car to the garage for repair so that car has to go somewhere. So you get these category D cars and it just happens that that's the car that I managed to obtain. And this is a sort of business venture through me and a friend. So we take it down to this DVLA workshop, kind of like uh, distribution center type place. And the purpose of us being there was to have a DVLA worker come out with a clipboard and a ridiculous amount of oppressive PPE on to verify that this car was indeed, by the standards of the DVLA, which is just like the DMV of America, the DVLA in England is what controls all the vehicles on the road. By their standards, this vehicle was safe to be put back on the road and be mobilised. And he comes out and before he comes out, to check on the vehicle of course it's not going to happen straight away even if you book an appointment at these places they there's always some sort of there's always a a period of waiting or a period of confusion so i'm standing inside the dvla and i just there's something about governmental bureaucratic uh places establishments that just kind of make my whole body fall asleep and like there's nothing nice about being there i mean you don't have to be constantly entertained or in a high state of like a high frequency pitch all the time i understand there's variations in this human incarnation that we happen to have been thrown into but just that there's nothing more dilapidated and oppressive than a, a governmental uh, organization's workshop or place of business shall we say and I've noticed in there I'm just like like what sort of air do they have in there like like the fucking air it's just like it's like they've got a dead body buried in the floor somewhere I mean it like it feels like they're not pumping air into the building it's like they're, they're sucking the air out of you you know and like I'm trying to get out of that place as quickly as I can it's weird and you know, you go up to the person. You can queue up. And you find it with the person, and it doesn't matter what you say or how you say it. You could just be like, "Oh yeah, I just I'm here to do this thing," and they're just like, "What? I'm sorry, what? Who? I, I don't. I'm like, I'm like, look, whoa, the air in here. You need to help me because I've got about literally two minutes before I fucking faint because the air in here is like um, something like I feel like I'm in King Tut's tomb. You know, I just i can't be in those places i mean even looking around like from an ergonomics point of view like the, the color of the walls is just it's like the color of loss dude like it's just there's nothing affectionate or appealing about the paint you could never buy that paint at Screwfix, like never you know it's it's just a, it's a representation and everyone in there, even the people who are queuing up, like me, they just everyone just is just in there, looking like they just their heads, just guiding towards the floor, and they just look like they're just re- looking at every single regret they've ever had, just lamenting everything about their life, and um, yeah. So I don't know what it is. It, it it's almost like this is going to sound as weird as it's going to sound, but it's like a secret religion. It's like a secret religion there are these. they've got these priests running around with clipboards who have these imaginary powers and they wave a wand and they give you a at the alchemize a piece of paper which bang tells you you can now drive a car you know and it's it's a, it's the sort of tip of this governmental iceberg which just represents so much um surrendered power and, and, and surrendered personal autonomy by each and every one of us so it was an interesting uh state of affairs we did get the car sorted by the way eventually we did get the car sorted um but it wasn't an enjoyable experience and it certainly wasn't one that goes under the category of uh days i wish to repeat uh it was it was definitely one that went into the categories of days i'm just glad i've freaking over and done with and uh we did manage to get that car safely back on the road there was profit uh motivating this whole thing i'm not gonna lie but there was also um a sort of mm, what i want to say like a earth responsibility factor along with it as well like we find it very very cool recycling and rejuvenating um things and just just general futuristic economics like gift economy for example we've been trying to incorporate that into our own businesses um and this the response is amazing if you if you are willing to um capitulate some earning like some profit then and 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 replace that with so, like a gift like you can gift your services to someone for, for example, as, as, as an electrician, that's what I do, it's my day-to-day, um, I might get 10 call-outs a week and I would have to attend these jobs, do whatever is, is asked of me, um, uh, rectify the fault and then I get paid for my services. But I do have the choice to gift um, my services and the customer, the client, has the opportunity to gift me something other than money and it makes zero sense from a capitalist point of view of course it's, it's it's almost like capitalism inverted however what it does is it allows it allows human beings to augment trade without the need for government-backed currency and capitalism for all of its traits and its negative points the only bad things that actually do come out of capitalism as we're practicing it today depends on what capital is so if you can exchange capital for gift or generosity or balance then do it because take it from someone that's done it and experienced it for some reason this is going to sound as metaphysical and mystical as as your beautiful brains allow you to, to imagine but You seem to get more. You seem to get more. The more you give away, the more charitable you can be, the more humility you can practice in your business or even your day-to-day life. There seems to be some sort of heavenly uh, economy at play where you get back times three, I want to say. Like you get back times three compared to losing times three, the more charitable um, and... um, well i guess just less money-minded that you can be that you seem to get it back it replicates um there's a guy that i know as well that goes to the church he seems to be some sort of gambler or some, some sort of addiction or problem but he seems to be a he has an innate ability to start a business become really really successful complete entrepreneur but he also has this problem where he um gets sucked into things really really badly and this is the reason i know him because he was at a church therapy group and um even he says like when he gets grip of his addictions and tries to get back to his working life his entrepreneurship without fail he practices uh charity and altruism as an economic derivative to get him back on track and build his business back to where it needs to be but you know what holy god in heaven I I don't know how I managed to actually end up working for myself it wasn't something that I was planned and I feel so lucky like I feel so lucky that I'm able to do this for myself like every day and I don't mean this podcast I mean just working for myself choosing my own hours being my own boss yeah the typical cliches are true there's a lot of extra work behind the scenes that you don't see but you know the positives far outweigh the negatives like from a ratio of something like i would say like 12 to 5 like it's it's beautiful and uh i don't think i could ever go back to to having a boss or working regulated hours i mean so many people that are working in jobs nowadays sort of recognize that they don't do anything for the world or the company they're working for um and if you read anything by david Graeber, even his last book before he passed sadly passed away last year about bullshit jobs um you, you'll get a better better idea of what these what, what people how people are working in jobs today um and it's not a judgmental thing you know he's he's an anthropologist so he's very very precise in what he says but one of the qualifications for your job to be a bullshit job is you kind of know it's a worthless job it's and you know that it's not really doing anything but you know these companies have gotten so freaking big that they end up having all these departments or extra employees that don't really need to be there at all but they have to pretend to work and if you really want to torture a person they have to dis, like dis, deceive and lie to themselves but then they have to deceive and lie to their boss that they're doing a good job or they're going to lose their job, you know? And a lot of these corporations are scanning your piss to see if you're taking substances which are allowing you to connect with home, like connecting you with what you actually are. And the other atrocious and horrible element to this is that they demand that we lie like to be the opposite of our our identity, to wear, you know, some kind of a dress code and sit at a desk and be efficient and get neck ache and sit there and type. You know, some people are really efficient, but they have to stay quiet about it, you know? And that's the world we're living in now because of automation, there's less to do. Computers are making shit faster. So why are we working the exact same amount of time when there wasn't computers, you know? You know, and even if your boss does come up to you and and, and tells you, you know, he's knuckling down on you harder and he's sort of indirectly telling you he wants more, but he's not going to pay you anymore, you know, sometimes you just want to tell him to his face how you feel you know and in from my perspective this is how i would be saying it if i was in that sort of contractual uh obligationary uh setup where i am be given a monthly drug known as a salary which helps me forget and i'd be like i'd be like look here's the problem sir you don't realize realize this but you're basically like a sort of low level priest in a religion that has spread far and wide You've become a servant of a being called the Demiurge, you see. And, you know, it could be called the aliens or it's a galactic civilization, whatever you want to call it. And it doesn't matter what you do, because within the next 20 to 30 years through technology and through the unification of people because of the technology, you're going to either come to our side or become completely paranoid or insane or absurdist, you know. But then your boss turns around to you and says, well, you know what? you little crazy hippie. If you want us to invent the crazy super hyper-dimensional gateway, then get back to work so you can keep this country's fricking economy going. And then you just nod and you're like, yeah, okay, you're right. Ah, we are mental. The richest 15 people on the planet have got as much accumulative wealth as the poorest 5 billion. That's an excess, you you know? And communism saved capitalism. You shouldn't downplay communism too much because 10 years ago, or more than 10 years ago now, 2008, where are we now? Oh, good God in heaven, that's almost 15 years. Because 10 years ago, they bailed out capitalism with the biggest lump of communism injected into it in history. The whole thing is completely state-sponsored. That system, if it was to survive by its own merits that it it espouses, i.e. survival of the fittest, would have been long dead. It died in 2008. The whole system is artificially inflated. And don't get me started on on, on other governmental organisations and the IMFs and stuff that these apparently neutral, governing and regulatory bodies are, in fact, in a way the administrative henchmen of a system of globalization that's based on exploitation of poorer countries anyway there's some little thought apples for you ah okay i'm done i'm gonna go and make me a spinach and banana smoothie now